The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate available on the next generation 2019 GMC Sierra SLT, AT4, and Denali models to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing go professional grade step up to gmc and current eligible gm owners get 20 percent below msrp on next generation 2019 gmc sierra double cab and sle crew cab models with a traditional tailgate we are professional grade gmc must be a current owner lessee of a 2005 model year or newer gm vehicle for at least 30 days prior to the new vehicle sale offer includes price reduction below msrp and purchase allowance not available with special financing lease and some other offers take retail delivery by 9 30 19 see participating dealer for details Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. So we're sitting down here for another edition of The Tour Coach. Like a lot of times, we're sitting at a round table here down there at Sea Island in Frederica. And uh, <laughs> anyways, and, and Greg, I've got Greg Carton with me. I got Zach Suker, Brad Gale, Malia Stovall plays at Tennessee. William Wan plays Mississippi State. Drew Miller, defending Junior Jones Cup champion here to defend. He's hanging out. We got em- Emilio, say Pacifico. Pacifico. <laughs> Emilio and Jackson. Court. Um, and so I'm a little insulted that you said do we have a theme what are we going to talk about because i always have a plan i shouldn't have said do you i I meant what's the theme and the theme came from zach today on the golf course and i thought first of all i thought you did awesome today thanks and you brought up we were talking on the golf course about emilio and brad and different people and you were talking you brought up the point that how hard it is to see the difference or the line between a guy that's playing like PGA Tour China and the guy, a lot of the guys that you play with on the PGA Tour and how there's not a whole lot of difference. I thought that was a great point. Yeah, you can barely, barely yeah. tell the difference. What do you think's the difference? I mean, a lot of it's playing right at the right time, uh, I think more than anything, but I think the difference is so small. You take away a few main players that have some you know ridiculous good stats uh you take like rory driving dustin driving those guys take them out of it and a lot of the guys you know hundreds of guys in the pj tour all are very similar they're all really good at everything not exceptional at really anything but they're just solid across the board and we look at who the guys we play with today and they're just they're solid mm-hmm. there's not there's just not much of a difference so it's getting the opportunity playing well at the right time um and i think the other thing is just the ability to go low when when it is going good how good can you play what do you think's the difference greg um i think drew drew and i were talking about this a little bit today i think the guys that are able to accept the fact that regardless of how good they are they're going to play poorly at times and aren't going to panic and try to fix anything when they do, 
and rely on what's made them good without altering anything based on a couple bad rounds are the guys that continue to get better. Um, I think that makes a huge difference. I think we see so many times uh, with good players when things don't go well, they panic and think they need to fix something or need to do something different, and then you don't hear from them again. Zach and I were talking about this on the golf course where I said that, like, I think lots of people hit a plateau or they feel like they're, you know, you get, we get calls all the time from people that say, I like can't get to the next level or I can't get over the hump. And they think they've got to do something dramatically different from what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people are in the category of the people we're talking about. Yeah. And it's nothing they don't really need to change anything or dramatically do something different to to take it to the next level i mean don't you think so yeah i agree it's usually like very very small things i mean just slow progression to getting better working on the same stuff usually works out pretty good in the long run so brad i got a question for you we're gonna hand you back yeah what so you you live in jupiter yeah you're friends with two guys that are two of the best players in the world yeah what do you perceive as the difference between them, being Justin and Ricky, mm-hmm. and your game? What is the difference between them? Um, gosh, I get that. I get that question so much. I mean, you really it, – it, it's – I always say consistency. That's something that I say a lot. Like, those guys, they play well consistently quite a bit. And Ricky and Justin are part of a – Top, top, top yeah, category. Top, 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 best world. in the world. Yeah, yeah. so world it's 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 always tough to look at what they do because, I mean, Justin's a freak with his ball striking. Ricky's one of the best putters that's ever grabbed a putter. So, I mean, the the consistency of what they do day in and day out with their drills, they're never reinventing the wheel. They're just kind of trying to get a little better each time is what I've noticed and something that I've tried to, like what you guys are talking about is what I've, which I'm really lucky to hear because I'm at a point where I'm going back to China next year and and I'm excited for it because it's just another year of another opportunity of me doing the same stuff we've been working on since we started. And that's kind of what is awesome about this group that we have right here is that I can just kind of keep buying into what we're working on. And that's the stuff that these guys out that they've been doing on tour for for years. It's not like it's not like a magic bullet that gets you over the plateau. I mean, it's just a few simple things that you believe in, and then you just keep doing them to the best of your ability. That's kind of what I've seen up close with them. And Zach, like you said, hand us over back over here since I didn't bring the expensive <coughs> recorder. Um, <coughs> true that. Um, if if. You mentioned that, like, I said, well, what what do you felt like got you over the hump? Like, this year was the first year where I felt like you really, after Hartford, really felt like and believed that you belonged out there. And yet it wasn't like we started working on anything different. No, no, we've, we've been doing the same stuff, basically the same thing for seven years. We've been small, small improvements here or there. I'm pretty original. No, it's said that to me. Yeah, we've, I mean, since our first, first time ever working together, it's been generally the same thing. And, and I'm slowly getting better and better at it. Um, I think we're getting better, like with all the equipment we have too, of helping you see it. I mean, I think. No, exactly. I'm, I mean, I've, I've bought in for it to it for a while i knew that this was this is what we had to work on or this was this was it it was just doing it and it's we've been slowly going in the right direction we haven't had very many setbacks where i thought i was going in the wrong direction mm-hmm. for very long and um 
Yeah, I think it's it's gotten to a point now where my ball striking is better than it's ever been. I'm, I'm, my misses are way smaller, and, and it's working. So you deal with, Greg, the mental side. So what you, you, you've worked with guys that have won majors and all that stuff. Do you see anything different in the way guys that are doing that think versus the way guys that are maybe good college players or good juniors or or guys playing mini tours think? Is there changes in their mental approach on the way up? I don't up? think there's a difference in how anybody thinks. I think there's a difference in the understanding that people have about what their thoughts mean. And... That was deep. Yeah, it was pretty deep. But the point is, to clear this up for you guys... You should tweet that out. (laughs) ...that we all think the same, and we all think the same stuff, and Zach, who plays at the highest level, has probably had crazy thoughts and still plays well, and, uh, you know, and vice versa. And then guys think that, well, if I'm thinking well, then I should play well, and that doesn't work either. So I always say, and I should have added this before, that I think the other difference is the best players and the guys that are winning or the guys that are playing well are able to access their skill more than others, at least that week. So, and I always ask guys, well, what's the best round you ever shot? What's the best round you ever shot? 60 in Boise. Okay, so Zach has the skill or the ability to shoot 60, right? So that's great. You I was teaching that him that week. You, sorry, Tony taught him how to, how to shoot that's 60 right. or to possess the skill to shoot 60. But to do that, you had to access that skill, right? So you possess that skill and now you have to access that. And I think that's, week in week out the, the guys that are winning or the guys that are playing their best are the ones that are able to access their skill and to do that you gotta get out of your own way do you meaning call, do you call that trust like trust and patience is that kind of in the same no, I call it freedom that's it yeah. right because you can do, you don't have to trust it and you don't have to be patient you can still play well if you don't judge what you're thinking or yeah. think that something's wrong you have to do something different gotcha. or if you're uncomfortable or you're not confident and you think oh my, I gotta get myself confident or comfortable to play well and then now you're getting farther and farther away from it. So I think accessing your skill comes from being free from your thoughts. Like you watched, we'll talk about Emilio and Drew. So you watched them, you know, we were working today. And I thought like one of the cool things was like, we'll start with Drew this morning. It was like, it was a pretty interesting lesson because we really didn't change anything. All we did was refresh what you were working on, Drew. But then we talked about how to hit specific shots and it was, and I mean, I think that's like we talk about access and skill. Like that's one of the things that, you, like to me, those are the things that you learn as you go up the ladder. Like, and I'm not picking on you've told, I've told you, like his 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 golf swing, hundred percent, is pure. It's great, it's amazing, is awesome, and he amazing. hammers it. Mm-hmm. Ball flight's great, everything's great. But he's got, a, but we're getting better at. He's getting better at learning how to hit the in-between shots. Or like today was great because it was blowing 25 miles an hour into you <laughs> off the right. What was it like? You, how far was that one flat? Uh, the one we were hitting the eight irons to. Yeah, one nineteen. So it was a hundred and nineteen yard shot. It had to have been blowing twenty five. It was playing one forty five probably. Playing one forty five, and you, how far do you normally hit your eight irons? Uh, like one seventy. Two ten. <laughs> for that's another new, student we had, for another student we had, that was a two ten club. But uh, but uh, whether it was in downwind or into the wind, it didn't, it matter. didn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, anyways, um, I mean that was different though. Learning that shot today. Yeah, it was very different. But it's like 
Here, hand this over. Hand this over to him. We're going to ask him a couple questions. The controlling shot is very, like, needed, and I haven't really had it. Like, a month ago, I was playing at PJ National, and it was like... It's a, not a good place to not have it. No. <laughs> uh, like, coming, like, the I've start of the bear trap. golf course before. <laughs> for not having it. <laughs> like, start of the bear trap, it's like you have some wind pickup, and then you're, you have water on one side, and... You, they give you a place to miss, but if you miss there, it's pretty much the best you're going to make is bogey. And, yeah. 17. Uh, you really oh. just have to, like, hit, hit a shot. And, um, like, having the, I guess, the flighted shot, like, so much easier to control, especially with, like, the, instead of going at something super hard that's spinning. And He, he mentioned today, and it's something we're going to continue to work on, is developing a go-to shot that you can hit, like, yeah. every time off the tee. Mm-hmm. And I think that and learning to hit wedges and control your trajectory and hit those in-between shots is the next step to yeah. making him a great player. Yeah, so, some shot that you know is not going to get you in trouble ever. Yeah. You're like, this may not be good, but it's never going to be bad. And so, like, I'm going to hit this, and I don't have to worry about losing it right or left. Like, I can dink a driver 270, but it's going to go straight. Like yeah, like, huge to have have something that you can do that you have a lot of confidence in. So when you get on a hard hole or it's not going well, that you can still yeah. score. You can still you can play with it. That was like I came to work with Tony a week before the U.S. Junior this year, and like we knew the fairways were going to be super tight and like super long rough. So we just worked on like pretty much that teeing it down like barely, maybe yeah. two inches above the ground. And yeah, I really like that. that. Golf digest. You got a nice tip from golf digest. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that today when. Uh, Amelia was asking about the difference like in the court fairy stuff that you see in the PJ Tour players like the the bad days that you see on the your average PJ Tour guy is going to keep it in front of him right he's going to exactly. he's going to give himself a chance whether he feels terrible or but the corn fairy guy might have it go a little more wayward exactly right and, and it's golf course and 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 like the level of golf courses that are a little more narrow on the PGA Tour, penalizing with rough as opposed to corn ferry. But the guys like in the middle of the pack that you're talking about, the difference in them have like a go-to shot. Yeah, to be able to figure out how to keep it around. It's really small for for the most part. I think on the PGA Tour do a much better job talent-wise. I think it's much. Yeah, different. no, it's not about yeah. Yeah, corn ferry and PGA. Again, you take you gotta take away the top 10, 20 guys yeah. in the world. Get them out of there. The rest, the corn fairy and the PGA are so similar. Yeah. Like I think it's the same way, like on Canada and Latin America. Exact now. same. There's so exactly. many in China. There's like more than ever. Like when I click on my app and I'm looking through them, there's the there's 40 guys in each one that I remember from college yeah. being great players or yeah, I've it, seen. Whereas it didn't same. used to be that way. Just it used to be you read through like Canada or Latin America, and there'd be like one guy that you're like, how the hell is that guy playing? Like, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But now there's, it's so deep all the way across. It is. I, I still think the best golfer ever played golf with was on the Hooters tour. He never made it off of it. This guy, Brandon, um, Brandon Brown was unbelievable. Oh, he won everything. He was, I played with him like five times in a year. He's the best golfer I've ever played with. And he really? Couldn't, he could not make it through Q school, so he never made it. And hmm. so like, right. guy was unbelievable. Yeah. Playing like, well at the right time, like you said, it's huge. You gave him 20 starts on tour, he'd be there with five wins by now. Like it was, the guy was unreal. But again, it's the the guys aren't. I mean, you gotta play well at the right time. But the the difference in all all professional level is is so small. But I think the PGA Tour is better at 
they understand their game better. They keep it all in front of them. They're not going to have, for the most part, I mean, it's going to happen, but they don't play as many bad rounds. Mm -hmm. And they can show up with C stuff and hover around cut lines. And that's I think Get that's the biggest difference. Yeah. What about guys, instead of focus on their weaknesses to get better, maximize their strengths? You know, that's so say you're a good driver of the ball, but your bunker play is horrible. So you spend hours in the bunker trying to get it back to sort of like a normal level. Instead of, I'm going to drive the crap out of the ball and hope that it's nothing, hope I don't hit it in the bunker. And I hope, but so I'm going to be the best driver I can because that's my strength and keep playing to that strength. Do you think that's enough? Or do you think it makes sense to sort of even out everything out? I think for the most part, people are better at working on the stuff they're good at. Yeah, I right. think people, for the, for the most easier. part, like if you love driving the ball, yeah. you're going to drive, you're going to hit more drivers than you are. Let's say you're a bad wedge player. I, I think you practice a, more of what you like and what you're good more at. And more. That's something that it's more fun. And about. It's, and it's, it's also sort of a new novel idea. People always said, well, you got to you gotta get better at what you're, what you're not good at or be uncomfortable when you're practicing. Um, and but why not maximize what you're good at? Because you like it and it's free. And that's what I always tell William. I mean, William's got he's um, a great example. Unbelievable short game. Yeah, right. So solid. Short game is as good as any most mm -hmm. anybody you play with out there. Absolutely. Like just maximize that. But but that ought to, in my opinion, and I know this is I'm stepping into your realm, but free him up because he doesn't have to be perfect in how he yeah. hits it, or when, or and doesn't have to make a perfect golf swing because he's got the ability. Well, Hell, I mean, he made part of it. He made part today from the ball yeah. washer. Yeah. No, I know. I, exactly. <laughs> I want to know. What he, can we ask him? Because I want to know, like, when you're playing guys for like 21, here, like you just feel like you're just going to run the table with it. Malia, say something as it goes by. Just uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Malia. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question, Brad? Like, you, like you, we're talking about maximize your strength. Your short game is the, the strength. It's awesome Thank to watch. You. But like when you're playing, like let's say 21, you're just chipping around with your teammates. You just feel like you're just gonna run the table with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. Not, like you enjoy working. On yeah, that. I like enjoy, it's, enjoy... it's easy for me to go to the chipping green and putting green and just spend hours there because, like, that's what I'm. I mean, it's just fun because I'm good. Yeah. And that's there's like I, a... I keep banging away at that. We we've talked about this before. So, it, you everyone wants to hit it farther. You want to hit it farther. So when you get on courses that are long, today, right, you press a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yet you're getting up and down from everywhere, right? If you give yourself more freedom, they th don't think you have to do something different off the tee, or you don't have to fix necessarily a weakness. Yeah. You just go along with what you got, and you play to your strengths. To me, there's more freedom in that. Yeah. Right? It's less stress. You talk about 11, and then when you get the look, it was automatic. <laughs> Like it was automatic. <laughs> he threw. Yes. We were, we were kind of like dogging him before he hit the putt, and before it got even two feet to the hole, he was looking at me like, <laughs> like Tiger. It's the it. No, yeah. it was 100%. <laughs> it was, yeah. But goes right there. He's like, it's why? What shadow? <laughs> <laughs> or what about the par? Cool. I don't keep not picking on you, but using you as an example on that par five, right? On six or five, whatever the hole was. Seven. Yeah. You uh, didn't six, sniff five, the six, five, five, You seven. didn't sniff the fairway, right? You hit a 40-yard bunker <laughs> shot up the hill to a back pin to six inches and tap it over the bar. Smack it out. Yeah. It's good. It's <laughs> That's your strength, right? You know yeah. that you can always rely on that. I mean, there's a bunch of people that would love to be able to chip and putt it like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I say, like, with that, yeah, you focus, maximize your strength, 
and try to slowly, slightly improve It'll what come. you're not good at. Don't, yeah. don't focus 100% on what you're not good at. Right. Maximize strength and just get a little better over time. I'm a believer in that, too. what you're not good at. I like it. What'd you think about Emilio's game? You liked Emilio. Solid. That's the foreign Solid. flair of the dew sweepers. Yeah. He's solid across the board. It's uh it's pretty impressive. What do you my this is a serious question. It seems like I love when you start that. <laughs> <laughs> seems like foreign players have a little like like they have a little different Maturity may not be they're the all, right. They're all older. They're all ten years older. <laughs> we, I've checked his birth certificate. No, they, they all. No, they're Although all, I did charge all, all these drinks to his room. <laughs> 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 but, uh, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, they seem. They they all seem. He plays years older. like he plays like he's yeah. five or ten years older. Absolutely. What? As I stand we're talking to you about that sh that shot you hit, that little bump and run on that yeah, short yeah. par four. Yeah. Nobody like, in college. Every kid's gonna grab a sixty yeah. degree wedge. And give me, pop give it me up. a spin. Wonder why yeah. that is though. Why? Why do you feel like you play more mature than other kids your age? Mainly because like, well, the way we grew up in golf is like so different. Like. For me, like I would like in high school, I would play golf like three times a week, probably, maybe hit balls for thirty minutes and go screw around in the putting green. Didn't know what I was doing, and then once I got to college and get the opportunity to play in, in a school mainly, you start learning at like out of the bat. You get there, uh, you have workouts. It's way more strict, and you kind of start understanding like how things work here in the United States, like. The opportunities we get here in the United States are unreal for us. And whenever you make the decision that you want to come play college golf, you, you're understanding that you're taking a huge step and you're saying, like, okay, I'm leaving a lot of things behind. But, I mean, you, you just simply understand that you're doing this and you want to learn and you know you have a long ways to go. But it's pretty impressive how, how you just – Take that step to make sure that you're going for the right uh, for the right place. I think they take it for granted as much. Yeah, because yeah. they don't have Pete the opportunities. Exactly. So many opportunities. So so many, you know, so many folks grow up and have the opportunity to play yeah. a gazillion junior tournaments and all that and whatever. Yeah. Exposed and to good coaching, good courses, good whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, like if you stay back home in Mexico, like you're just going to school, like yeah. This is just going to be the same stuff you did in high school, like, just without golf. That's good. I played with Joaquin Neiman this year. Yeah. I didn't know until he won. I mean, I, I assumed he was, like, 28, 29. I had no <laughs> idea how young he was no, he, at all. He's, like, he's younger than me. 20. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't know. I thought he was older. He played, yeah. he played like he was way older. But the, another point, though, is, like, so you don't need to try to compare yourself. Like he's a freak. We were talking about he's Justin, a freak. right? Yeah. There's like certain. you know, there's people grow up so like, good. and they they try to be somebody else. And if they're not hitting the timeline the same, yeah, they think. Um, different time. Who was it that said what was the average length, the time it took to get to the PGA Tour? Somebody said seven that. Seven years. Seven years. From once from, you graduate from, from college, when they turn pro to what? make it to the PGA Tour, the average time it takes the guys on the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, it sounds about seven right, years. I know, yeah. if you really think There's only it. a handful of guys that make it every year from right from college, if that. But yeah, I don't even know if it's a handful. Yeah. The media exposure is just more on them. They love I mean, people love yeah, the young guys. Yeah. 
but it's not the. Nobody ever hears the, about the guys that don't make it. Yeah, right. hear about yeah. I do. I've been happens. fired by a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. Sometimes they hire me back. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> but uh, Jackson, so you sat in the dome and you sat here and you've watched a bunch of them come through. What do you think is the difference? The difference. Just the difference between the ones that, that, that as they go up the levels and the difference between the best players you've seen and. Uh, well, I think the consistency is a big part, what Brad talked about. And I think, like, playing to your strengths is another part. Like, like Williams got a good short game, right? So freeing him up off the tee or maybe playing to Emilio's strengths of ball striking. I think those guys, understanding that and doing that over four days is a big deal, right? And then I think, like we talked about, I don't know when we talked about it, but like making it to the PGA Tour, there's more than just golf. It's like learning how to travel, learning how to manage your time. Right. Like it's a, it's a bunch of stuff away from the golf course. And like I think if people in college can balance like grades and social life and golf and workouts and all the other stuff and family life too. That's why I think it's a horrible idea for a person to go from high school to try to play <laughs> professional golf and there's yeah. people that are doing that. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. ever seen. I mean, I do. <laughs> like, I mean. It's harsh. <laughs> I mean, I just do. I just yeah. think, I think that's no, I an agree. injustice to the kid, yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. And I think you've done a good job with all your guys about teaching them like big picture. Mm-hmm. Right, like I remember when I was, and like, I don't mean that. Like, and I want to clarify. Like somebody say, like, like I, I think those kids are obviously good enough to eventually get there, but I don't think that takes into account all of the maturity of all the things that you talked about. That a person that's sixteen or seventeen year old is not. I mean, I remember when I was sixteen or seventeen. I mean, I was thinking of two things. <laughs> I'm still thinking of one of them, but <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, like. There's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like yeah. you know how different it is out there. Oh, like, sure, yeah. could you have tried to play the PGA Tour at 16 or 17? No chance. No way. Right. <laughs> I wasn't nearly good enough either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think oh, it just takes a lot I'm of maturity. I think it takes yeah. a maturity, a lot of maturity. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's it's impressive much, about uh, Joaquin Lima. Like, you know, that's ridiculous. That's probably the most <laughs> impressive thing about the young guys that do well is, is how well they adjust to the golf's easy part. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. the other stuff, yeah. right? The distraction. You know that, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. But the one, you know, and the, and the young ones that are it's coming and trying to do it have unbelievable coaching, unbelievable talent, and they're going to have the best chance. But I think that I think it's it's a huge risk. But like, and we were talking earlier, and this is getting away from that. But like, the one thing I saw the difference, like, I, you talked about it today, and then I mentioned, like, I saw it this past weekend. Like, so I played with Lucas in a in the Jingle Bell, right? And um, but was watching him play with other pros, and was watching how few he, times he hit full shots. Like, and everything was flighted one way. Like, there was one time that, like, everybody else was hitting a wedge, and he hit a little eight in there. Like, you know, it's like they're going full. as far as anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. And I think that's, like, the stuff that I see is I, like, go out there, and you walk practice rounds, and you see just the ability to hit more shots and understand that there's a lot of different ways. And then the other thing I think that's – was is interesting watching him versus others 
you do very much the same way in the opposite direction. That is, he really only curves it when he knows what he can do. And you talked about doing your strengths and his strengths hitting a draw mm-hmm. or a hook. And he just does it, <laughs> right? Yours is hitting Same a cut, way. and you don't get caught up in saying, I've got to try to do it the other way, mm-hmm. or I've got to try to do that. You just know what you're good at doing and do it. Exactly, yeah. When I'm playing good, that's the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't play good hitting a draw. No. No. I can I can, I can <laughs> scrape it if it's if it's not a big one, but no, it's, it's not going to be a good round. And there have been guys on tour who have <clears throat> lost years of their career trying to hit it a certain way because they think it's better instead of going with what feels – Right. Yeah. The hook story with Lucas is fascinating. He loves to hit a hook. He can hook one. You give him back left. I should have said all the pins in the jingle bell back left. Running away. Going away. So anyways, well guys guys, girls, Malia, you wanna say something? She's good. <laughs> one of my all time faves, Malia Snowball. All right, so we're uh anyways, appreciate everybody sitting in. I think this was a pretty good one tonight. That's great. great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see everybody tomorrow at Fred. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast you can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level make sure to subscribe and stay tuned if you want to learn more about tony head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to maybe you want to see him grab a lesson or go to one of his camps pick up his book lessons from the legends you can do that there if you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you listen, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to see me, listen to me talk is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, uh, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to thank, give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick, and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dosweepersgolf.com or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dew Sweeper. 